had the Lord just lay something on your heart and it just won't go away. It's kind of a, a, a subject, I guess, he's laid on my heart, and I can't quite get exactly how I want, he wants me to do it. And when I realized that, I said, well, I guess first it's kind of mine. Because if you don't admit to what's going on in your life, then a lot of times you don't quite hear what God's trying to tell you. And in Acts chapter 4 and 5, as we get, we see a, the the emerging church and the things that God's doing in the church to 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 get people's attention and like in, in chapter four we're we're introduced to a, a at the end of it a, a man named Barnabas who's going to have a big big hand in the church as it goes along and and he sells some land and then in the beginning of chapter five is a nice inspire who want to get the kind of recognition that he got. And we know how that turned out for them because they, they didn't do what the Holy Spirit did. They wanted them to do. They did what they wanted to do. And as it goes on, we're going to actually start in verse 12 because I, I got—I said, you know, that, that story of Anais and Sapphira, it, it, it's a personal kind of story. When you read it, you realize there's a lot of times we fill their shoes in how we serve the Lord. And, and I, want to, I want to start there. After this has happened, and it, uh, in verse 11, it said, And great fear came upon the church, and upon his me, I heard these things. When people heard what happened to them, people kind of got nervous. They kind of got afraid. And, 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 but it, it's amazing still, even though doing in the church, look at verse 12, and it said, By the hands of the apostles, were many signs of wonders wrought among the people, and they were all of one accord in Solomon's porch. <coughs> so the disciples were doing, and everybody came together while they were at church. And it said, and, and the rest, there's no man joined himself to them, but people magnified them. And the believers, the more were added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, in so much that they, they brought forth the, to the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there, there came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem bringing sick folks and, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed every one of them so what we see is we see a church that's just it's just starting to burst at the seams it was after something happened and a lot of people just they were afraid but i noticed if you notice it said that 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 no man just just didn't join himself people didn't come to the church just because it was a popular place to go anymore because see that's what was happening everybody wanted to get in on it and then when they saw the holy spirit do something it frightened them but people were coming and it says there that they joined themselves to the lord and that's one of the most awesome things about this whole set of stories here is that people were getting saved it wasn't they just were joining the church because Hey, everybody goes there. Hey, it's the popular thing to do. No, the Holy Spirit was at work. And I, I want us to look. I said, you know, the one thing that, that, that's a central theme in all this is the willingness of the people at the church to do what God told them to do. 
So they had a testimony that people heard about. And it said that when people heard the thing, they magnified the Lord. They didn't magnify the people. He said, well, what about that where they brought just so that Peter's shadow, let me tell you what that was, that was faith that God was going to do something. You ever had that? How many of you came to church today with the faith that God's going to do something? Or did you just come because, hey, it was Sunday morning? See, that's why a lot of us do. We get up, we're in a habit of doing things. We're in a habit of getting up. We, we, we put on our clothes. We come to church on Sunday. And, and, you know, or, or some people have gotten in the habit of they just get up and they, they stay at home. And, and I, I, I know people watch us on, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for all those of you that watch us. But I urge you, if you physically can, come to the house of the Lord and join in with us. And come expecting some. Don't just come and say, well, I, 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 I hope everybody's there. I hope somebody ain't sitting in my seat. And I hope the air's right. I hope it ain't too hot. I hope it ain't too cold. Come expecting God to do something. Because that's the way they were. These people at this church had a testimony that was on fire. So I got a question for you this morning. What about you? What about me? What's our testimony say about us? You know, you ever think about that is the most strongest thing a Christian has. It's going to do one of two things. It's either going to draw people to the Lord or it's going to push them as far away from them as it possibly can. How do you act? What are you doing? We see here something wonderful was happening and people wanted to know about it. You know, you ought, we ought to have a testimony that's on fire because of who we're worshiping. You ever thought about that? We're worshiping God. And in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29 says, Our God is a consuming fire. So if he's a consuming fire, guess what? You know, maybe, maybe your wood's a little wet. Maybe there's something wrong or, 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 or you just can't get lit. Maybe today's the day you need to say, Lord, I need to be consumed because a consuming fire, it don't matter what it's got hold of, it's going to burn it. Amen? We need to get that close to the Lord. We need to get a little excited about it. You, you know, you, you, you realize that it basically told us that our fire ought to spread. Listen to Luke chapter 12, verse 49. Jesus said, I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it be already kindled? Jesus said this. He said, I've come to do something. And it's ready to burn. And you know what? Are you helping it to spread? Or are you, do, you, do you go around and stomp it and put it out? We're supposed to be spreading it. How many of you say, when was the last time you smiled? Amen. Some of you act like my hurt. Oh, you ain't supposed to smile in church. You know, I, I, have you ever been to one of them churches that nobody smiles? Yo, know, uh, I'm glad if we make a boo-boo, we, we can have fun with it. Amen? I do. I tell you, I, I love it when I give you a Bible verse and afterwards I realize the numbers ain't right because the looks I get. What book are you in, preacher? Well, yeah, I, but you know, hey, I'm dyslexic. My numbers are liable to be anything. I'm looking at a sheet. It could be anything. And I'm going to make mistakes, but guess what? I got a Holy Spirit that I serve that, that it, it take my mistake and fix it. Amen? 
house of the Lord. I mean, I, 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 it's all right. Make a mistake. It's all right. I'll go ahead and tell you it's all right. Say amen every once in a while. It's all right to stand up. It's all right to lift your hands. It's all right to come to the altar. Don't worry about what anybody else says. You're in a house full of misfits, and that's what God likes. We ought to be excited and be on fire because he expects us to be. You got to think, you know, you, you say, well, well, preaching, you don't know what I got going on. Yeah. And a lot of us do, man. I know that a lot of people here got a lot of things going on. You fight battles every day. But but let me, something else this morning. Listen to this one verse. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, ye are of God. You get that? You're, you're not of yourself anymore. You belong to God. He says, you're of God, little overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world so it don't matter what you're facing this morning we 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 got the holy spirit living in us we got god in us and it's better than anything out there so well preacher you don't understand what i'm going through give it to the lord so i've tried to keep giving you know, I found out the biggest problem we have with our burdens and our heartaches and our problems that just weigh us down to where we don't get excited about serving the Lord anymore, we don't give them to the Lord. We'll come to the altar maybe. If you if you do that, you come to the altar and say, well, Lord, i got a problem. I'm going to leave it right here. But you ever know, we always want to tend to pick it back up. We, we, and that's how saved words. He don't want you to be giving out all your problems to the Lord. He wants you hindered. He wants you miserable. And he'll do everything he can to remind But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God's got it. Now, I don't mean the problem's going to go away. It just means you smile and say, hey, Lord, I know he's got it. But you, you, you think about it. We do things. and it, 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 Yesterday, my sweetie pie, after the women's meeting, brought all the donuts home to me. So I obliged her because she ain't supposed to eat them. It's what she did. And Obi ate one. So somebody had to take one for the team. And I volunteered. Well, that was fine until later that night. And I realized I shouldn't have ate all that junk I ate today. I felt horrible. It was good what was going on, but it had an elasting effect. So you got problems in your life. Guess what? The effects are still going to be there. But when you bring them to the Lord, you say, Lord, I know you got this. I know you got it. Help me to overcome it because you've already have. Give me a, give me a smile on the face of diversity and the problems and things I got going on. Help me to overcome because I know you have. Because I want to have a testimony that says, hey, he's on fire because things don't bother him. He's serving the Lord. You know, when you give your testimony, what do you talk about? How many people know that you're an intercessor? They got a problem. They say, no, I can go to them and pray. They'll pray for Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, he said this. He said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Did you hear that? Paul told Timothy, he said, I'm telling you, first of all, pray for people. 
Timothy, first of all, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be the, the leader of a church. You need to be known as somebody who prays. If you're a child of God, guess what? You should be known as somebody that's going to pray for others. First of all, say, Lord, hey, I'm here to serve. I might not do much, but I can stand for some. I can pray for people. You know, it's amazing when you get older, it's like, well, it's somebody else's turn. Well, no, it's not. You're still breathing. You're still bright. I mean, you might not be able to do what you used to do, but you can still do that. You know, listen to the, you know, the, 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 the third verse in there. The, he says this. He tells them, he says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. God likes to see his people pray for others. So are, are you being, does your testimony say you do that? Or, or do, do, do you pray for other people to have strength? So, well, I, I, people don't come to me. You know, I, I understand that because people used to not talk to me. You would ask Julie. Years ago, I, I was Julie's wife. I was at me and that wife. I was a, that. I was Julie's husband, and people would tell her, "Your husband's mean." I would mean I don't like to talk to people. I'd stand over in the corner and growl. Everybody walk by me, don't talk to me. I don't know you. And Lord got home and changed all that. But you know, it, it's amazing though that that, that uh, people don't want to come to me. Listen, listen to this. People might not come to you. But you can still pray for them. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pray for everybody. They don't bring you a problem. Don't stop praying. Say, Lord, I don't know what's going on in people's lives, but I want to lift them up to you. I'll tell you what here. You, you, you want to get you one of these? Just start in A, work your way all the way through. Pray for everybody in the church. You ain't got nothing else to pray for? Pray for them. You don't have to know what's going on. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, if you don't know what to say, it'll, it'll say it for you. But start. You've got to start praying. We need to have a testimony that says that, I know if I got something, I can pray for them. I know that they pray always. They're constantly in prayer. And I want the kind of person praying for me. You know, the, 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 have you ever met somebody that you want them praying for you because you see that when they pray, things happen? Don't you want to be that kind of person that people can rely on you, that you're a kind of person that says, hey, I'll pray for them. I'll do what I need to do. You ever realize that one thing, one of the one things that God put us here for is to pray? Look, listen to this. In Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6, he says, I have set watchmen upon the walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night, that you make mention of the Lord and keep not silent. God put you on the wall to pray for people. We got little kids in the church. Do you pray for them? I know some people say, well, they're loud, they're rude, they run all over the place. Well, are you praying for them? Because let me tell you, those little kids are going to grow up. I'll go ahead and tell you this. Bree's reminded me constantly. She says, one day I'll be pushing your wheelchair. You ever thought about that? 
We need to pray for the little ones, that God guides them and leads them, that they become what they need to be in the Holy Spirit, and that they become what God wants them to be. Because one day they'll be making the decisions. Pray that God says, you know, be praying already that, 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 that their mate, God's already preparing them. You've got grandkids, pray for them. You've got kids, pray for them. Pray for everybody. You, you are called. And one of your purposes is as a watchman. You know, the watchman on the wall looked out for the things that are happening. And, and gave warning. And I tell you, if you ain't watching out and giving warning, then you're not doing what God called you to do. This world's falling apart. Are you praying for them? Are you warning people? You know I mean, when's the last, let me ask you a question. Between you and the, and the Lord, the only one who's going to know this, when's the last time you prayed for an individual to come to church? Or have you given up? Oh, they're out in the world. That don't mean nothing. One more time, one more time, one more time, one more time. Don't stop till they walk through the door and then start praying and say, Lord, keep them here. Lord, don't, don't let them get discouraged. Do you realize a lot of people are discouraged because God's people quit praying? We're on the wall. God put us up there to call, to, to, to sound the alarm, to pray constantly, and we're not doing it. Listen to Listen to this in verse 7 of Isaiah 62. And give him no rest till he established, till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Oh, you ain't supposed to stop until something good happens. You know when something good happens? That's when the Holy, when, the, when, when Jesus steps out on the cloud and calls the church home. I'm going to tell you, don't start praying until something good happens. Because something bad's happening all around us. You, you want to know it's going to be good? When we ain't here no more, amen? Then we're with the Lord and we're worshiping with Him. So until that day, keep praying. Until that day, keep sounding the alarm. Until that day, let people know that you'll pray for them. Because the problem comes when we don't pray. How many of you ever just say, well, well preacher, I, I, I'm busy. I, I, I will, but I'm busy. Anybody get busy here? Anybody ever get tired? What about this? He may ever get tired. People don't get burnt out. Listen to what. Chapter 22, verse 30. He said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge, stand in the gap before me for the land, that I might not destroy it. The most saddest thing about that is he said, I found none. Listen to the next verse. We, we've used that verse a lot to tell people we're to stand in the gap. And there's a danger of not. But let me tell you what he says in the next verse. Verse 31. When he couldn't find nobody to stand in the gap, he says, Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. Church, here's the danger if we're not having a testimony as an intercessor is we had the problem that God hath out on us but we're not doing what we're supposed to do. 
Well, preacher, how, how do we know? Let me tell you, churches are getting smaller and smaller, and I believe it's because God's people are getting further and further away from God. Are we concerned with the people, with the generations that don't know him? Are we concerned with people who don't even seem to care about the Holy Spirit anymore, don't care about church anymore? Do you ever noticed that from December after right after Christmas until Easter has always been a downtime in churches? Historically, we, we go through a lull. It's like we've had this big, big, big holiday and everybody was excited, and, and but then afterwards it's, well, there's nothing there. Then Easter came and people would flock back to the church. But let me ask you a question. Is that happening anymore? It's not. Is God's people concerned about it? Or are we more concerned with, I hope that this one don't dress like I do. I hope that, that so-and-so happens on Easter. You know, Easter used to be a holiday that even it don't matter who it was, the people would come to church. Might only come once a year. That might have been all they could stand of the Holy Spirit, but they at least come once a year, but now they don't. Does that bother you? It ought to. You know where we ought to be every day? On our knees said, Lord, somebody's got to tell them. I'll stand in the gap. I'll do what you want me to do. But Lord, somebody's got to get out there and spread the message. We've been called to do it. Are you doing it? Are you worried about it? Or are you just sitting back saying, well, I got all kind of excuses why I don't, and we don't do it. Let me tell you, I'm just as guilty as everybody else, and I know it. You gotta get excited about it. Or, or, it's like you, you know, our, our, our prayer life is like the, the parable of the talents. You, you know that parable with the where, where chapter 25 of Matthew, and I think it starts, let me see, in verse uh, 14. It says, The kingdom of heaven is a certain man traveling to a far country, he called his own servants, and delivered them his goods. He gave one. Another two and another one one. So here we know who this is. This is God. He's left and he says, hey, I've come and I've given you something to do. I've given some people a little bit more because I know they can do more with it. And we know the story. Here, here's the guy with five talents. He goes out. He takes what the, the master gave him. And he, he multiplies it and does good. Finally, you get to that one who had one. What he do with it? He buried it in the dirt and didn't do a thing with it. Let me tell you. Being a prayer warrior is just like that. God knows who's going to do it, and he already blesses them. We wonder, oh, why God don't bless me like he blesses somebody. Well, are you serving the Lord, or are you just watching? Have you buried what God's gave you in the dirt and don't do a thing with it? Now, let me tell you, I'm as guilty as everybody else of doing that. I've done it, and I can't wonder why don't things happen, because we don't get excited and take what God gives us and spread it out and give it to other people busy worried about what what was going on in our life when was the last time you was worried about somebody else other than yourself think about that i spend more time worrying about myself than i do anything yeah I, i'm glad i don't worry about my looks anymore there ain't no hope for that let me go ahead and tell you some of that stuff you worried about there ain't no use to worrying about it god's got it and he's taking care of it. Sometimes it'd be best if you just quit messing with it and let God handle it. We may ask first, did you take it to him? Because if you didn't, you need to be down here now. You see, see, here's the thing. A lot of us, 
we've got something in our life. We hold on to it, and instead of holding on, and we ought to bury it and hold on to what God's given you and use it. You come down the altar, you pray for yourself, pray for somebody else too. Do more than one thing. I mean, if you look, the one who God gave the, the five and the they did what they could with what God gave them. And the Lord said, Whoo, welcome home. Coming to the joys of your Lord. How many of you, how many of you, the Lord said, I called you to be a prayer warrior. Did you do it? Did you do it? Are you doing it? Or, or I called you to have a testimony. I called every one of you to be a light before men. Did you hide it under a bushel? You know, I remember when, as a kid, we used to say song, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, under most say, no, a lot of us did. Bury it so that nobody else was too worried about what everybody else thinks. Our testimony you know what it speaks of? It ought to speak of restoration. Because there's not a person in here that God didn't do something to. If you're a child of God, God restores you some way or another. You know, in, in Joel chapter 2, verse 25 and 26, where he says, I'll restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. A lot of people love that voice. Oh, God's going to give me back. We think, well, you think about what locusts and canker worm and a caterpillar and a palm worm and all these things that God sent to, to destroy things. Say, well, when that grows back, really not a lot of stuff. That's the problem. It ain't stuff. Some of you just need to have your joy restored. Some of you need to have your your, your, your zeal restored. What do you think? You know, I, I, I know God restored me multiple times. It's like it says in verse 26, and you shall eat plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God. He has dealt wonderfully with you. My people shall never be ashamed. I've been there. Amen. Anybody beside me been there when God just takes you and just brings you back into the fold and restores your joy? And you get excited every once in a while. And you say amen every once in a while. You might actually pick up the hymn book and sing. You know, let me tell you, let me tell you, you know, some of the most horrible things to do. And you ask Jimmy that. You've been up here too. I know you know. Anybody that's been up here knows. People say, are they just staring at the book? I hate to tell you, if you don't like singing, you ain't going to like heaven. Because we're going to praise him. You don't like that? You're getting excited about being present? I don't know how you're going to handle being in the presence of Jesus Christ. You can't do it here. Yeah, you got to do it one time real loud, scare your wife to death. Just, just, everyone, just, just get, just, you want really want to scare people to death? Grab somebody by hands and come on, altar, and let's pray. Lord. When's the last time you, you said, thank you, Lord, for restoring? You know, I, I, I think it's like this. Our lives are spent one of two places. Either you're on a mountaintop, or you're in the valley. You know, we don't never talk about in the middle part there. We're either here or we're either there. Being on the mountaintop's awesome. 
But you know what? So many people getting up to the mountaintop, they're too worried about falling back down into the valley. You know, when you're in the valley, sometimes your eyesight is more clear than anything else. Look, look, this. David figured it out. He figured out that when you're in the valley, you need to be praising God. In Psalms 23, verses 4 through 6, here's what he says. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For why? For thou art with me. When I'm in the lowest part, when I'm struggling, when I'm walking and everything's falling apart, I ain't going to worry about it too much because God's with me. Whether I'm on the mountaintop, I know he's there. When I'm in the valley, I know he's there. We ought to realize that. Listen to what he said. He said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Lord, Lord when, when, when people are out to get me, when things are going bad, it don't matter because you're giving me something to, to, to feast on. I'm not, I'm not having to worry about the problems because I'm feasting in the middle of my enemies coming. I'm feasting in the middle of this valley because I know you've given me something to get me through. And let me tell you what it is. It's this book right here. It's a little bit of praise. It's a little bit of prayer. It's a little bit of being a child of God. Amen. So take what God's given you. And when you're in the middle of that valley, smile say, I don't care because my God's with me. Because he, he, he says this, he says, ooh, I like this part. My cup runneth over. I got more of the Holy Spirit, and I know what to do with it. And it's getting to everybody else every once in a while. You ought to walk in here on a Sunday morning smiling. But you know what? Because I tell you what, sometimes walk in on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, people look like they've been sucking on dill pickles all day. Come to the house of the Lord, just like, I bled there, you God, to bless me. Walk through the door with a smile on your face. Say, "Woo! I'm in the house of God. I'm with God's people. I'm going to shout. I'm going to sing. And I'm going to get excited in the house of the Lord. You, you don't have to wait till football. Some of you ain't going to be excited until fall when football starts back again. You can get excited now because one of these days that team you like is going to lose. Or that team you like is going to actually win. It don't matter. You ain't playing anyway. But guess what? You come to the house of the Lord and be involved in that all you want. You come and be excited. You say, well, well, what can I do? Show up one day and just start cleaning up. Amen. Lots of people say, hey, let's go to, let's go to the church and have a party. What are we going to do? We're going to clean. You want to see how many people going to get excited? Then nobody. So we're going to go visit people. We're just going to go pray. We're going to get together and read together. Pick a book. We'll read through it. If you don't understand, I don't understand. We'll find somebody that does. Why don't we get excited about God's house? Why don't we get busy with God's house? I'm so glad we got people that goes out and does things, people concerned, but you know what? Ain't enough, amen? Woo. We need to realize that God's power is there in the bad times, it's there in the good times. Your testimony ought to speak of it, no matter what you're going through. Look, 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 look at this. Look at this. First Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. Ye are not your own. Did you get that? You don't belong to yourself anymore. Ooh, the Holy Spirit is supposed to be in there because you were bought for a price. 
I love that. For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit with your gods. See, that's something we're supposed to do. We're supposed to glorify God. We're supposed to be excited about being a child of God. Bill, I heard it best this morning. So many people think happiness is, is, is when you get something and, and, and they don't realize that basically what you need in your life is the Lord. It's not the things that you get. It's just having him there. Some of us need to get a little more of them in our lives than we got now. Some of us need a little, little, little more righteousness. There we go. You're more worried about, well, just think about this. People can go out and they can go, they can go to the casino and they can get a lot of money. Say, well, look, I'm one. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Well, where's the righteousness in your life? Closer you are to God, the more peace you have, the more happiness you have. How many of you remember when when stuff was what consumed you? And that was it. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I, oh, I got to have this new car. I got to have a new car. I got a new car, so I'm going to get one. And then you get it, and you go to the parking lot, Walmart, and the person beside you gets out and goes, bam, bam, bam. You come out, where did this dance come from? Well, that new car ain't going to last. Well, I, I gone and I bought me a bunch of new clothes. Well, then I went, was usually brought donuts home, and that worked all that. It ain't going to last. You know, guys, oh, look at my hair. Water. It don't last. But being righteous in God's eyes lasts. That peace lasts. That joy lasts. It's something that you can count on. In the valley of death, you can count on it. When the enemies are coming against you, you can count on it. Because why? Because he's right here. He's inside you. When you got saved, you asked him in. Question is, did you lock them in a room? Or did you let them have control? So it makes you wonder, uh, you know, sometimes I, I wondered, Lord, is, are you really there? Or, or was it just emotions that got me here? You ever doubted your salvation? If you say, well, no, I've never doubted my salvation. Well, you're lying. We all do. There's been times I said, Lord, Show me. Show me. And let me tell you, he shows you. He'll bring things to your memory. How many of you, do you remember when you prayed for something, God did it? When God blessed you? He said, well, I don't know. Let me, let me ask a question. Did you mean what you said when you asked him into your heart? The Bible says you got to two things. you got to believe that, God, that he died on the cross for you and that he raised from the dead. Believe it in your heart. So you couldn't get to heaven without him dying for you. You wouldn't go to heaven without him raising again on the third day. He paid your price of sin because every one of us is a sinner. But you got to believe it. That's the thing about the Bible says you got to believe it in your heart. You got to confess it with your mouth, believe it in your heart. There's a lot of people who confessed it with their mouth, they didn't believe it in their heart. Oh, I did it because mom expected to. I did it because all my friends went down and did it. When I was a youth pastor, that used to be one of the biggest hardest things to overcome. One guy gets saved, another one, another one. Oh, you have a bunch of them. But the thing was, most of them didn't understand what they were doing. 
But as I look back, I see the ones that really meant it because their life still is changed. See, when God gets in you, He changes you. He does an awful, wonderful thing for you. So did you mean it? Is your testimony is how you can really say, is it one with effort or is it one of excuses? When you ask Jesus in your heart, say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, save me. Did you really mean it? Christian, when you say, Lord, I want to be close to you, do you really mean it? Or do you let things keep you away from them? A lot of us build a wall up around ourselves, away from God. We want them there when we need them, but then we don't want them there when we don't. They will always be God. Is that how you live your life, though? If you're hungry, you're going to feed yourself. How many of you hunger and thirst after righteousness? Hunger and thirst after Jesus. Are you doing everything you can to fill that? How's your testimony this morning? How's your testimony? What does it say about you? Because it's going to say something. No matter what you think, it speaks louder than anything you say. What does it say about you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you today, Father, I pray that you would let us see us through your eyes. For just a brief second, Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, and let us see the truth of ourselves. Is our testimony on fire or almost non-existent? Heavenly Father, some of us need a little excitement. We need a little zeal. Lord, you know if the, that person's here, Father, I pray right now that you start to bother them. Lord, don't, don't, don't let them think of anything else. Think only of you. Lord, I pray that you grab them by the heartstrings and pull. Lord, if they're watching, Lord, I pray it's the same thing. You, you don't let go. So, Lord, I pray right now during this invitation you deal with people. Lord, I pray that you deal with everybody here in this church that we realize that you've called us to stand in the gap, to stand on the walls, to pray for people. Lord, some of us, it's been a while since we did that. So, Father, I pray you, you stir some hearts this morning. Lord, whatever the need is, Lord, just... Pull them by the heartstrings. Have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. I ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing page. 11 as we sing. The altar's open.
Pray for our soul. 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 Pray for